Ashley Brock reading Laura Griffin's book, Unforgivable, Chapter 17. Mia awoke to the smell of frying baking and for an instant thought she was at her grandmother's. <laughs> a glimpse of the deer antlers mounted on the wall jolted her back to reality. She was at Scott's. She had a fight with Rick. Well, maybe not a fight exactly, but her passionate weekend had definitely ended on a sour note. But since it had begun one on one too, she shouldn't have been surprised. Mia pulled off the little blanket Scott had given her, folded it, and left it on the end of the couch. She slipped into his guest bathroom and spent a few minutes cleaning up before following the scent of bacon into the kitchen. Morning. He looked up from his frying pan and gave her a sly smile. You slept in. Guess you needed some rest. Mia had told him vaguely about spending the weekend with Rick and he obviously drawn his own conclusion. She'd been happy to let him. She and Scott went way back, much farther than Rick probably imagined. They'd grown up in the same neighborhood, although they hadn't overlapped in school because he was five years older. He dated Vivian, though. Probably because of that, he always treated Mia like a kid's sister, even after they crossed paths again as colleagues at the Delphi Center. Mia was relying on that kid sister vibe now to keep this from being awkward. Mugs above the TV. He said, nodding at the little set on his counter where he was watching CNBC at low volume. Mia helped herself to some coffee and looked around. It felt strange being in Scott's kitchen. Still, she still remembered the house he'd grown up in, right down the street from her parents' place in Fort Worth. Felt weird to see him now, all dressed for work, watching financial news and making breakfast in his own kitchen. Can I help with anything? She asked, nope. She slumped into a chair and sipped her coffee. She felt stiff this morning, sore. Some of it was from falling down at the gas station Saturday, but some was Rick-related. Friday. She glanced up at her stomach, leafed at the words. Sure, thanks. <laughs> Slid an egg onto a plate, along with three strips of bacon. She started to add up the calories and decided not to torture herself. She joined her at the table and handed her some silverware, along with... Khaki tactical pants, he wore a black golf shirt with the Delbury logo on it and some kind of heavy-duty military boots. The ballistic guys always look like badasses. Most of them actually were, too. Mia forked up a bite of eggs. Where'd you learn to cook? Breakfast I learned at the deer lease. He dressed with ketchup over his food and she stifled a shudder. Everything else I learned to buds. He said, referring to the civil training he'd been through years ago. They teach you to cook there. How to open MREs. That's about my limit in terms of cooking. You want dinner tonight? It's either eggs or carry out. She knew this was his roundabout way of asking her how long she'd been staying. Scott had a plate streak. He opened doors for people called women, ma'am, and would consider it rude to ask a house guest when she planned to leave. Mia nibbled her bacon. Well, I might not be here tonight. If the investigation goes smoothly, I'm hoping they'll have a suspect identified in custody soon and everything will get back to normal. You left an eyebrow. Kind of optimistic, don't you think? They're running some fingerprint evidence right now. I'm hoping that will go somewhere. Hoping. Make sure that. I've seen the ballistics related to your case, though. This was news to Mia. Sounds like this perp's been at it a while. Not sure it's going to be that easy to get enough for an arrest. What does your detective think? Mia doubted Rick considered himself her anything, but she let it slide. He thinks they've got some good I could lease, but I need to be careful. You got any protection? She wrinkled her nose. Let me guess. A tube of pepper spray in your nightstand, right? I hate guns. He shook his head. You're afraid of something you don't understand. If you'd learn what to do with one, you wouldn't have to feel that way. Mia doubted the 
Me doubted that slipping a gun around in her purse was going to make her feel better about anything. More likely it would send her stress level through the ceiling. You've got a clean record, Scott. Be a snap to get you concealed carry permit. Boss. Or I can lend you something. Show you how to use it. His tone told her that the offer wasn't necessarily above board. He must be pretty concerned. <laughs> she felt touched. Thanks, but like I said, I think this will be over soon. You look skeptical. Just about for a change of subject. I have another favorite ass, though. I was hoping you might be able to swing by my place on the way into work. I could really use a change of clothes. Spadical's over, huh? That was short. Calling it a spadical had been Snyder's idea of a PR move. After getting an earful from the DA last week, he needed a way to discipline Mia for misplacing evidence without making it look as though the lab was admitting any wrongdoing. But Mia was tired of lying to people. She decided she was going on, going to own up to... What she done, take her lumps and get it over with. She wasn't sure what that would mean for her career, but it wasn't. It was time to take back control of her life. It wasn't really a sabbatical. No good. What does that mean? We got a precarious place. Means the rumors are flying, honey. It'll be good for you to put in an appearance. Straighten a few things out. What are the rumors? Well, let's see. Give me a look on his face. Told her she wasn't going to like this. There's one that you had a fallen out with Snyder and decided to quit, but the director begged you to take a sabbatical while you reconsider. That's not so bad. There's one that you eloped to Vegas with a cop, which I'm guessing isn't true since you spent the night under my roof instead of his. Good guess. There's one that you shot Frank Hannigan. That I, that I did? And then you skipped town when SP... SMPD figured it out. Oh my lord! And then there's my personal favorite. <laughs> Wicked spouse went across his face. What? I doubt you want to hear it. What? He held up his hands. Okay, but don't mace the messenger. I have no idea who started this. I think it has to do with some close door meetings you've been having with your boss lately. Dread pulled in me a stomach. Just tell me. There's a rumor you've been doing the horizontal. Lombando with Snyder. What? And when he dumped you for someone else, you got pissed off and left. Scotland, if it makes you feel any better. I never bought it into that. In fact, I was 99% sure you run off to Vegas. Rick took one look at the crowd gathered in Rachel's office and knew his case was about to get ripped away from him. <laughs> I knew this would happen. Jonah muttered as they stepped into the room. It gave her the heads up. Yo. Nope. Rick had wanted to. He called her yesterday afternoon and requested a meeting on the Meyer case, but she put him off until this morning. Rick? Jonah? You know Tony Domenico and Laura Singh? Rick nodded at two FBI agents, both in Navy suits. Standing behind them was a silver-haired Texas Ranger Rick didn't recognize, and Rachel introduced him as Bob Jessup. Agents, Delmanco and Singh are here to brief us on something they're working on. Rachel rested to some plastic chairs that had been dragged in from a conference room. Let's all have a seat. Rick leaned her shoulder against the wall and waited to hear who was running the show. The feds would be his guests, although there was no telling with a ranger in the room. To Rick's surprise, Singh stepped up to the plate. We'll get straight to the point. She made eye contact with Tim and Jonah. Your investigating into the death of Ashton Mayer has caught our attention. How so? Rachel asked from her desk chair, which she was using as a throne at the moment. The DA obviously had put this meeting in her office to remind everyone whose turf they were on as if any of these people cared. At the moment, Singh said, 
We're not at liberty to discuss all the details. What are you at liberty to disclose? Rachel's tone was carefully loaded with politeness. I can tell you that Ashley Meyer's phone number came up during the course of a federal investigation. Came up? Jonah asked. A subject who has been under investigation made a call to her in the week before her death. Oh, Rukas. At this time, we can't disclose the names of those we're investigating or even the nature of the investigation. Rick's gaze moved over the faces. Some ankles sing. Jessup, two federal agents, investigators in a Texas Ranger. It was pretty clear to him what this was about. If you can't disclose information, perhaps you can tell us the purpose of your visit. Rachel's voice had taken on an edge. We'd like to review your case notes. Interview the detectives. This from Domeco, who acknowledged Rick and Jonah with a nod. We're, best, we're interested to see if you've developed any suspects in the case. Rick traded looks with Jonah. Let me see if I'm understanding you. Rick said to the suits. Ashley Meyer was working for an escort service. And your guy called her. You don't really have the goods on him, though. So you need our help. The answer was obvious from the look on Singh's face. Now we hand over our case. We continue. You guys make a few callers and everyone goes home happy, right? Singh cleared her throat. I think we all have the same objectives here. I don't. She tipped her head to the side. What are you so... Did Defensive about the fact, detective, I would think you'd welcome new abductees for investigation. You would, huh? All right. Why is he here? Rick nodded at the ranger, who had yet to open his mouth. Everyone looked startled. Jessup straightened in his chair, clearly offended. Think folded her arms over chest. I'm not sure I understand your point. Neither do I. Neither do I. This is from Rachel. He was now glaring at him. He was embarrassing her in front of the big shots she'd been trying to press two minutes ago. I'll tell you my point. I'm looking at three unsolved murder cases with links to the lieutenant governor. Rick turned to the ranger. Last I checked, you work for the guy. I'm not interested in having every bit of information we've developed linked to the suspects. Singh held up a hand. Whoa, wait. I don't think we're ready to call Lieutenant Governor Lane a suspect in anything. Least of all murder. Don't make those shot or an impatient look. And Rick instantly knew which agent he needed to be dealing with. Detective Santos. You sound fairly up to speed on some of the things we're looking at here. We'd very much like to get your take on the case. You glanced at Jonah. Yours too. Rachel continued to appear calm, but the flush in her cheeks gave her away. A political grenade had just landed in her lap, and she wanted Rick to disarm it. She shot him a look that said, Whatever the hell this is, I want to know nothing to do with it. I'd like to say something, the ranger said, and a hush fell over him. I've been on the job 23 years. That's five governors, all different stripes. I don't give a rat's ass about the politics. Someone in the state house was guilty of a crime. They're going down. Rick absorbed the words. It seemed sincere, but that didn't mean anything. Looking sincere, while lying was the hallmark of a skilled politician, and Joseph had just said he spent the last two decades learning from the pros. Let's get back on back to the case, Domingo said. And let's be realistic. This is a federal probe. We can't share everything, but what we can share, we will. I think we can help each other. How about you start by helping us? Don't account. Can you confirm what Rick said? That Ashley Meyer was working for an escort service. We can. Rick looked at his partner, who knew damn well that it had not been nothing but a hunch. Firm out of Fort Worth, Jonathan. It's called Night Angels. 
Her photo was on their website. Six are getting on board. We confirmed that a call was made to the victim from our subject's home phone. However, we still aren't at liberty to disclose who that is. Third look at Domenico. Well, we'd be very interested to hear your theory. Domenico, you said three murders, right? Maybe more. Rick glanced at Rachel. The DA looked to be in shock, but that was her fault for being unwilling to get her butt in on Sunday to meet with him. He told her it was important that she blowed him off. She leaned forward on her elbows now, and Rick knew she was engaged in some intensive, wistful thinking. She and the lieutenant governor shared the same political party. This was going to be a shitstorm. Rick, come on, she said. You're really trying to tell us. You think Jeff Lane might have killed three people? Every pair of eyes in the room settled not Lane, he said. At least I doubt it. Rachel's eyebrows. Then what did you mean when someone who works for him? Victor, I think he has a fixer. End of chapter 17.